Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Greg Ehrenberg here from Stochastic.com. And it is time to break down a UFC card that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. UFC 288, Henry Cejudo against Aljamain Sterling. We haven't seen Cejudo fight in three years, and he was one of my favorite fighters when he retired, so I'm pretty excited to see him come back and fight. Also, this card is taking place really close to me. It's at Newark. It's at the Prudential Center. I did work at the Prudential Center for a very short period of time. It was an internship when I was in college, and wish I could go, but uh, not going to be, because I'm going to be here on this YouTube channel doing content. So not going to be at the fights, but I'm certainly going to be watching them from home. And of course, I'm going to have DFS action. I'm going to have betting action. And I'm going to be playing Rainmakers over at DraftKings, which are the sponsor of today's show. So as you guys come in, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you guys haven't checked out Rainmakers yet, you could click on the link below that we have in the description box. And that is going to get you a free starter pack for PGA. So you're going to get a stud golfer. Could be John Rahm, Scotty Sheffer. You get to choose who you want your stud to be. And then that's also going to come with a handful of other golfers that you, could, that you could use to fill out your lineup. And that is totally free. We actually did have somebody who sent in to us the other day that with their free starter pack, they made almost $100 just the first time when they went and signed up and totally for free. So just opportunity to play a fun game, make some money. And then once also you want to get more into it, there are packs you could buy and uh, MMA also, which I'm going to be building out some lineups here at the end of this. But uh, as we're about to start breaking down this card first, Pour one out for uh, Zhalga Zhumagulov, who, look at this hairdo. This guy has just been screwed by the judges in so many of his fights. We've seen Zhumagulov fight almost exclusively in close fights since he's come to the UFC, and the judges have never gone his way. So he decided the way he was going to change his fortune was with the new haircut, trying to look like uh, Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. And what ends up happening? Opponent doesn't make weight. The fight ends up getting canceled. Zhumagulov's bad luck continues. So I just want to shout him out. And then also, I need a haircut myself right now. I'm strongly considering going with the Zhumagulov look. I think this could definitely be something that would uh, play in my favor because I think I'd look pretty good in this hair. I think I would personally. But let's start breaking down the card as well. And I'm going to start with the main event here. And I don't think this is a must-play main event for DraftKings purposes. I do have a bet on it, which I'll get into in a second here. Uh, Mostly because... I don't think this fight is exceedingly likely to finish inside the distance. And there are a lot of fights on this card that I think are going to potentially score extremely well. So because it's a five-round fight, and by the way, the co-main event, Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns is also a five-round uh, fight. It's definitely playable, but it's not necessarily my favorite fight on the entire card, which is typically the case with the main event. Usually the main event I have in nearly all of my lineups This week will not be the case, but if we break it down, it's really hard to know what to expect from Henry Cejudo. He hasn't fought in three years. He's now 36 years old, and he went out at his peak. You know, it's hard to know. Is he going to look like he lost the step? 
what's that going to look like? Something else too is I think this is an extremely favorable stylistic matchup for Aljamain Sterling. So I'm going to open it up here by saying here, Sterling is my preferred play in the main event. I'm going to have more exposure to him than I will to Henry Cejudo. And then I also bet Aljamain Sterling on the money line right around minus 110 to win this fight. And a couple of reasons why. Number one, the layoff is definitely a little bit sketchy when it comes to Henry Cejudo's side and the physical advantages of Aljamain Sterling. If you guys remember the fight that Henry Cejudo had against Marlon Moraes, it was a fight that Cejudo ended up coming from behind and winning. But a lot of that also was because Moraes just had a terrible gas tank. And when he was fully fresh, you know, he was having a lot of success on the feed against Cejudo, particularly at distance. And then Cejudo took over once Moraes started to run out of steam. And then also he just got so fatigued to the point where Henry was able to finish him at the start of the third round. I'm concerned about the size difference here from the Cejudo side. Aljamain Sterling is three inches taller than Henry Cejudo, but here's what stands out the most. Aljamain Sterling has a seven-inch reach advantage, and he also fights very long. We see Aljamain Sterling, he's pretty effective with a jab on the feet, and then also those tee kicks up the middle. I think you're going to be really good at keeping distance between him and Henry Cejudo. So I would think the fight is most likely to play out is I think Sterling wins a fairly high-volume-based striking decision where he just keeps the fight at range and is able to pick at Henry Cejudo, pick at him jab, teep kick, leg kick, stuff like that, and just really mix it up against Cejudo, keep distance. Cejudo's path to victory, in my opinion, probably has to be a knockout. Cejudo, obviously, very well-accomplished wrestler. He won a gold medal at the Olympics. But there is such a strong grappling advantage, in my opinion, on the Sterling side that I don't think Cejudo wants to shoot for takedowns. So if he can't fight at range and he's not able to enact his wrestling-based game plan, then I think then I think we're going to see Sudo have to be aggressive and try to close the distance. And if he wins, I think it would probably have to be a finish. That's the really only realistic path to victory I see for Henry Sudo is he would have to knock out Aljamain Sterling. I don't think that is the most likely outcome, although we have seen Sterling knocked out before. So with all that in mind, I'm betting on Sterling. And then also he's going to be my higher priority play for DraftKings purposes. Not going to fade Sudo outright, but I'll be underweight to the field on him and a little bit overweight to the field on Sterling. Also, the striking stat difference between them. We have Sterling landing 4.7 significant strikes per minute to 3.92 for Henry Sudo. So he's much more active on the feet. And then in addition to that, Sterling only absorbs 2.18 significant strikes per minute to 2.77 for Sudo. So you've got somebody who's more active and lands more strikes in Aljamain Sterling, while at the same time also absorbs less damage and gets hit less. All that put together, I'm leaning towards Aljamain Sterling in the main event. And sucks to say because Henry Sudo. One of my favorite fighters. I know that's a little bit controversial. Some people find him annoying, a little bit too cringy. I kind of find the bit to be uh, entertaining, a little bit silly. I like the attention he brings to the fight, and I love watching him work. But once again, now being 36 years old at a smaller weight class, three years off, those are definitely things that add more variance to the fight and does make it a little bit hard for me to think that Sudo wins this fight more often than not, and it is a pick Now, working through some of the other car, some of the other fights that we have on this card, I want to highlight... Mosfar Evolev, and this is not going to be a surprise to anybody, but Evolev is probably the safest fight or the safest fighter on the entire card, taking on a newcomer here in Diego Lopez. And Lopez is taking this fight on only a few days' notice, and Evolev is one of the best prospects that we have in the featherweight division, and I think a potential future champion as well, because we do not have very many heavy wrestling based control type guys in the featherweight division. And that's what Evolev is capable of bringing to the table. He lands 4.83 takedowns per 15 minutes. I think he wins this fight against Lopez really however he wants to. And 
The other thing, too, when you look at Evloev, is there was a point in time in the old DraftKings scoring system, if you guys remember when it was only significant strikes, there was no point scored for uh, non-significant strikes, there was no point scored for ground control time, where Evloev was not really the best DK scorer, that is not the case anymore. The last couple of fights for him, Dan Ige, 129.61 DraftKings points. Hakeem Dawood, 138.05 DraftKings points. Under the new scoring system, he's a stud for DK scoring. I think he wins this fight however he wants. I think he takes down Lopez at will and probably rides out a lot of control time, either earning himself a finish or big points in the decision. And that's something else to note as well. In those fights where he put up massive scores against Dawoodu and Ige, both of them went to the judges' scorecards and there were only three-round fights. He still averaged over 130 points in each of those two fights. So uh, Evloev is somebody who, even though he's $9,400, I'm still going to be prioritizing him in lineups. And then on top of that also, cash games, I consider him a must-play. He's a nearly minus 1,000 favorite now that he's fighting Lopez on short notice. Even the matchup before this, where he was going to be taking on Bryce Mitchell, I favored Evolev pretty, pretty well in that kind of matchup. I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to score from a DraftKings perspective. I do think he should score pretty well against Diego Lopez. So Evolev, my favorite payup option on the card. I think he's the safest fighter on the card, and I love him for Rainmaker's purposes where we don't have to worry about any kind of salary cap. So let's get back to the card and... There are so many good fights to target, like Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns. It's a five-round fight, but also one that I think is going to be mostly striking-based. I don't think there's going to be a lot of grappling in there. So it's not one, even though it's a five-round fight, that I think we need to target, especially because there are so many fights that I expect to finish inside the distance, and a handful of them right here. Drew Dover, Matt Favola, Kennedy and Sechiku against Devin Clark, Chaos Williams. I think he is somebody who's very live for a finish. But amongst all of these fights, I think the one that we really, really want to have our eye on, Drew Dober against Matt Favola. Favola actually has wrestling and grappling advantages in this fight, but we've seen him with wrestling and grappling advantages in previous fights. And for him, he kind of prefers to stand and bang. He doesn't always like to go to his wrestling and grappling, even if it is the easiest path to victory for him. So look at his last fight, for instance, against Atman Izaitar. Favola ends up winning by early knockout, but... The thought process going into that fight was if it played out on the feet, Azaitar was the more dangerous striker, and he was pretty live to knock out Favola in that spot. However, when Favola went to his wrestling and grappling, it was supposed to be a fairly easy path to victory for him. That was how I saw that fight. What ends up happening? Favola never goes to his wrestling and grappling. He decides to stand on the feet and trade with Azaitar. Favola ends up getting a knockout. You do not want to do that against Drew Dober. Because Drew Dober has got a massive head. He's got a big chin. He's nearly impossible to hurt and put out. Drew Dober's fought some really big power punchers. And he generally doesn't really get hurt. We saw him get dropped against Terrence McKinney. He recovered quickly, comes back, finishes McKinney in the first round. He fought against Rafael Alves. Alves, who, by the way, tragedy that he was cut from the UFC. Rafael Alves rules. Super fun to watch. Incredibly athletic. Hit super hard. He landed some big shots on Drew Dober. Wasn't able to hurt him. Bobby Green lands 73 significant strikes in one-plus rounds against Drew Dober. What does Drew Dober do? Survives, takes the damage, keeps marching forward until he's able to find a shot and land it, puts out Bobby Green. So we look at the fight against Matt Favola, and yeah, Favola was to go to his wrestling and grappling. I think he'd have a pretty good chance to win this fight. I just don't expect him to do that because it's typically not the MO or the game plan of Matt Favola. He likes to be a fan-friendly fighter. He likes to come out. He likes to live and die by the sword and the shield. And that's what I think happens in this fight. And because it is so hard to put away Drew Dober, and I do think he has power advantage in this fight, 
I think he ultimately ends up knocking out Matt Frivola, gets himself a TKO victory, and I think he scores very well for DraftKings. Generally a fairly high-volume striker, 4.47 significant strikes landed. He is obviously no stranger to taking shots, but it's so hard to finish Drew Dober that I, I do like him to win by KO in this fight. Another fighter who I'm going to be prioritizing for DK purposes and then also for Rainmakers. Matt Favola on the chance that he does decide to implement his wrestling. I don't think he's a terrible punt play, but I'm going to be on the Drew Dober side uh, much more heavily. Now, if we look through some more of the fights, I want to look at an at a, uh, underdog that I like for this card. And uh, this could be a little bit sketchy because if Phil Hawes loses, I think it could look pretty ugly. And I think he also has an extremely low floor because Phil Hawes has almost no chin. Now, with that said, he's fighting Ikram Aleskarov here. And this is going to be the UFC debut for Aleskarov. We saw him fight on the Contender Series. And here's what stood out to me about this fight against Mario Souza. So on the feet, I thought Souza looked like the better striker. And I was not impressed at all with Aleskarov striking. But he's an extremely good wrestler and grappler. And once he was able to get the fight down to the ground, it was game over. He was able to pass through Mario Souza's guard like it was nothing. He was able to land some ground and pound, quickly submits him. Here is the problem with the matchup for Oleskarov against Phil Hawes and why I am betting Phil Hawes. I bet him at plus 168 to win the fight. And then also I like him as an underdog for DraftKings purposes. Phil Hawes is an extremely high-credentialed wrestler. In fact, his takedown defense, 100%. Phil Hawes has never been taken down in the UFC. I don't even think I've seen him take him down outside of the UFC. I don't think in his professional fighting career he has ever had a fight where it's been taken to the ground, not on his terms. And that's where I think there are advantages here for Phil Hawes, because I think he's the better striker than Aleskarov. And we saw in Aleskarov's first fight where, you know, it was it was contender series, really low-level fight. But even against low-level competition here, I mean, we have to take some conclusions from the fact that at the brief time we saw it play out on the feet, Oleskarov landed 3.26 significant strikes per minute, and he landed 7.91. Phil Hawes is so far above Oleskarov as a striker, in my opinion, that if this fight plays out on the feet, which I think is fairly likely, Hawes never been taken down before, 100% career takedown defense. I think he would be able to have the advantages on the feet. Now, if we find out that Oleskarov is the man who could take down Hawes for the first time, yeah, probably ends up submitting him there, maybe lands ground and pound, but... I don't think the line is correct for this fight. I think there's a little bit too much hype on the Oleskarov side. Phil Hawes is a proven commodity. We know he's a good striker. We know he has good takedown defense. We've never seen him off his back before, but I like him to keep the fight standing and then win the fight on the feet, even potentially by KO. The one thing that definitely gives me a little bit pause, the fact that Hawes has terrible durability. He gets hurt constantly in his fights. So I'm hoping that he's able to just keep the chin in check Hopefully it doesn't stay out there too long. Hopefully he doesn't get hit with anything. As long as that doesn't happen, I do think that Phil Hawes is a good underdog play. I think he makes sense on the betting line. Like I said, I'm betting him at plus 168. And in addition to that, also somebody I'm going to be taking shots on as an underdog for DK purposes. Now, getting back to the card and another fight that I want to talk about is Braxton Smith against Parker Porter. Uh, just an absolute train wreck of a heavyweight fight. This is uh, a fight that you would expect to be seeing uh, somewhere in the uh, in a Waffle House, you know, maybe in a Walmart, potentially at a gas station, because Braxton Smith and Parker Porter, I don't think either of them rate out very highly, at least not in my opinion. But 
This is a fight that should finish fairly quickly because Braxton Smith's fights all finish in the first round. And Parker Porter, generally in his wins, he scored fairly well for DraftKings purposes. So if we look at Parker Porter, some of his outings in his wins, he has had three wins in the UFC. In two out of those three, he has scored north of 100 fantasy points. Braxton Smith has like three minutes of cardio. Braxton Smith is going to swing heavy in the early going. He's either going to knock out Parker Porter or Parker Porter is going to survive. And I think then Parker Porter is going to put away Braxton Smith, either the later stages of the first round or early second round. So I think this fight scores extremely well on DraftKings. I agree that Parker Porter should be the favorite, but Braxton Smith is an underdog I like as well. I'm going to be playing both sides of this pretty heavily in my DFS lineups. And then also, I mean, just look at some of the volume numbers here on Parker Porter. He lands 6.49 significant strikes per minute. That's really high. He also absorbs a lot of damage. But then also, he's a heavyweight who can wrestle a little bit, which we don't see all that often. Lands 1.43 takedowns per 15 minutes. So not like a strong, strong lean on either side here, but both of them make a whole lot of sense for DraftKings. going to be overweight to both sides and a fight that I think is very live to finish in the first round, maybe the second round. I would be stunned if this fight goes to the judges' scorecards. Heavyweight fight. A lot of variants involved, but that's how I see that fight playing out. I'll do a quick overview also of a lot of the other fights here, just uh, ones that stand out. Jessica Andrade, I think she has a ton of upside, especially in the wrestling and grappling. If we look at Yan Nan, the fight that concerns me the most is the loss that she had against Carla Esparza. So Carla Esparza was able to take her down with zero resistance. She landed three of three takedowns, held over seven minutes of control time. Basically the entire time the fight took place, Esparza was holding top control and was just able to land ground and pound until the ref stopped in and ended up stopping the fight because Carlos Esparza in one and a half rounds landed a total of 170 strikes. They were mostly unanswered from Yan Jaunan. And I think Jess Gondrage is a better wrestler than Carlos Esparza, at least for MMA purposes, you know, just pure wrestler. Yeah, Carlos Esparza is the more credentialed wrestler, but we've got a fighter in, in Jess Gondrage who's massively physical compared to somebody like Carlos Esparza. And I think she could have her way with Yan Jaunan in a similar way to Carlos Esparza did. So uh, that is a fight that I like targeting for sure. And, uh, but very, I'm not going to be playing very much of Yan Jaunan, but I'm definitely going to be uh, really heavy. By the way, what the hell am I doing clicking on stuff here? I'm all over the place. All right, here we go. We got the card back. Sometimes you click on the wrong stuff when you're talking. The other day I was doing NBA Live Before Lock, and I went to sneeze and tried to mute myself and accidentally turned my camera off. It happens. We're all idiots sometimes. Uh, other fights that are pretty high priority to target, Crone Gracie against Charles Jordan. Jordan has very limited takedown defense, and if this fight hits the mat once, I think Crone probably submits him. I also don't know what to make of Crone Gracie. He is now on the older side. He hasn't fought in three years either, so Crone Gracie, his last fight was against Cub Swanson in 2019. So we're looking at about a three-and-a-half-year layoff here for Crone Gracie. Who knows what he's been doing in that time, but I do think he's a live underdog. I think whoever wins this fight, whether it's Jordan or Crone Gracie, I think should score pretty well. So uh, Jessica Andrade is going to be another target for me, and then Gracie and Jordan, I think that's another good fight to target this weekend. By the way, in terms of bets, I might add more, but at least as of right now, the only two things that I bet are Halls on the money line and then also the Aljamain Sterling bet. If I have more bets, I'll throw them into our Chalkboard channel. If you guys want to check out Chalkboard, it is totally free to download. There's a link for that below. And uh, myself and Lawfrey, we post a lot of bets for all different kinds of sports, answer questions, sweat bets out. And it has been a really good run for UFC as of late. So let's see, what do we want to build here? By the way, I should mention... 
that there is a contest in here. It is portfolio gated. So if you hold five rare or rare, uh, five rare plus, so rare, it could be elite, could be legendary, uh, Genesis American Bantamweight cards, you get access to this tournament, which the winner is going to get tickets to UFC 290 and uh, going to be ringside. There's going to be a lot of events involved in that as well. So uh, this is one that I qualify for. So I'm going to be building a lineup for this as well. But I'm holding a bunch of cards for this event, and I haven't built any of them yet. Let's look at the legendary contest. Location check. Did I pass? Am I going to pass? All right, we passed. So I'm going to start with Jessica Andrade in legendary spot for one, because uh, she is the only legendary fighter that I am holding right now. But here's where things get interesting, because I have a handful of different elite cards in here that we could fill the lineup out with. And most of our Evolev, I, I think that if you have access to him, you should be playing him wherever you can. Evolev, especially for this kind of format where there's no pricing, no salary, Evolev should smash, and he's very safe to pick up a win. So we got Andrade, we've got Evolev. I want to pay Chaos Williams, right? Chaos Williams, very live for an early knockout. Not sure if I want the main event. So I've got some Bilal Muhammad's in here. I've got Gilbert Burns. I've got Sterling and Cejudo. And I'll go with Sterling. He's my preferred side of the main event. I do still expect him to score decently well in a win. Uh, but once again, I don't know that he has some of the ceiling as some other fighters that we have on the card and fights that are very likely to finish inside the distance. Really bummed about this. I was really excited about the Daniel Santos against Munoz fight. I thought Santos was live to put up a massive DraftKings score. He was somebody I was going to be targeting really heavily. So I have some cards of him, but unfortunately that fight is off. Yeah, let's add Drew Dober in here. Talked about how live I think Drew Dober is for a finish. So I like this. I like this lineup. We've got two massive favorites in Mosfar Evolev and Chaos Williams. By the way, if you're looking for Chaos Williams cards for Rainmakers purposes, his real name is Kalen Williams. So you have to look up Kalen Williams in the DK marketplace to get a card of him. He's not going by Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams, a nickname. Would be really cool if his parents named him Chaos, but just a nickname. And then, yeah, we've got Aljamain Sterling, so do have a piece of the main event. And then Drew Dober, who I like a lot for the upside. So let's submit this lineup, and that is going to do it for us. If you guys have any questions, comments for myself, leave them below in the comment section. Or go chalk out chalk. Go chalk out. Check out chalkboard. It is totally free to download Chalkboard, like I said before. Free to download the app, free to download and get into our channel. So check that out. And then on top of that, guys, if you haven't done it yet, this content is free. One thing that I'll ask you as a favor is just like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you want to check out Rainmakers over at DraftKings, click on the link below and get yourself a free starters pack for PGA. That does it for me. I'm really excited about the return of Triple C. I am on the Aljamain Sterling side, but still, I'm excited to watch Henry Cejudo compete again. Other than that, guys, thank you very much once again for watching. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. Good luck. I'll see you back here next week. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.